Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. This is Jeremy Kalmanovsky. Today we're studying Eruvin, page Nun Dalid 54. It's an amazingly great page. Almost all, well really all, uh, agadic, that is to say non-legal, uh, material reflecting on Torah study, how you do it and what it's all about. Truthfully, I can't imagine how I'm going to get through everything. It's a very long page and it's a rich page. It includes, among other things, a citation from the ancient book of Ben Sirah, the wisdom of Ben Sirah. It's part of the Christian Bible. It's, in Jewish terms, uh, an, a non-canonical book, Sparim Chitzonim. Kind of not supposed to read the, the non-biblical books, the non-canonical books. So it says in Tractate Sanhedrin. But it is clear that Ben Sirah had a kind of uh, canonical or quasi-canonical status to the rabbis. It's quoted any number of times. I don't know a number, probably 10 or 15 or 20 times, maybe more times in rabbinic uh, literature, usually without the name. They just happen to quote the passage. And Ben Sirah is very close in theme to Ecclesiastes. Life is futile, life is unfair, make the best of it while you can. And that, in fact, is one of the, the themes of our page today. Uh, Rav says to Rav Hamnuna, in what is a near-exact quote from Ben Sirah chapter 14, a, as we have received Ben Sirah, uh, you know, through the centuries, it's very, very close to Ben Sirah. Rav, Rav says to Rav Hamnuna, my children, uh, if, if you have material blessings, uh, enjoy it because ain b'sheol ta'anug. There is no delight after death. The ain lamavet hitmahama, and death does not tarry. Death is coming. You better enjoy life while you can. Uh, and if you think that you're going to be fortunate enough to bequeath your wealth to your children, how are you gonna know? You, you're not gonna be around to know whether that happens or not. Miagidlecha. Uh, B'nai Adam, mi yagid lecha, who's going to tell you? B'nai Adam, domim le'isvei hasadeh. People are like the grass of the field. Halalun no tzitzim, v'halalun no vlim. Some of them sprout, some of them don't. Some of them wither. Uh, that's an interesting fact. And, and the page goes on with a number of homilies about why Torah study is sam hachayim. It's the elixir of life. People should always study. It grants freedom. There's a famous, famous, um, uh, homily in Pirkei Avot that the Ten Commandments were charut al haluchot inscribed on the stone tablet. The rabbis read it as chirut al tikra charut el chirut. Do not understand them as inscribed on the tablets, but rather freedom on the tablets. And in Pirkei Avot, it, the reason that it gives for that is there is no one so free as the one who is the divine servant who studies the Torah. Our page actually has a slightly different interpretation. You are free through the commandments because the commandments will make you successful and as a divine reward, the other nations will not be able to rule over you. We're going to go on and, and say a number of things that are really quite interesting about uh, how humility 
and diligence are necessary to be a Torah student. You, you can't be arrogant. That won't work. You can't be lazy. That simply won't work. You have to be intense about it. And there's a charming stories about, uh, about how a, a really good student has to be a little bit of an absent-minded professor, be in, the, be in the books all the time and not pay attention to the world around them. And Rabbi Elazar ben Pedat is given as an example. He would be in the down-the-hill market in the town of Tsipari, and he would leave his coat in the, in the upper market, and he wouldn't even notice. But that's what a real student was, Rabbi Elazar ben Pedat. Now, uh, I have to tell you, though, that one of the interesting, really most interesting, and I think for a modern reader, uh, perhaps, I don't know, maybe, maybe difficult, maybe, maybe engaging, maybe inspiring themes in the rabbinic approach to Torah study, though, is, is manifest on our page, not just in our page, other pages have it too, but it's quite, it, it's a little spicy, and it has to do with the erotic uh, relationship of the, the student to the text. Um, as you can imagine, the ancient rabbinic culture was an all-male culture, it was very, very uh, intense, and, and I'm sure that there are uh, elements of homoeros and that there's a, a passion connection, passionate connection to the text itself that is like, uh, even in a heterosexual uh, metaphor that we'll have on this page, a connection of, of beloved and the lover. And so here is our, here is our uh, homily, beginning with a quotation from the book of Proverbs. She is the beloved, uh, she is the beloved and beautiful deer. Her breasts will uh, sustain you at all time and you will always be mad with love for her. And the text goes on and says, the, the ayala, the deer, the female deer, Rachma Tsar. Literally, her womb is narrow, but I don't think it means uterus, I think it means vagina. And she is chaviva al bo'ala kol She is beloved to her lovers each and every time like the first time. It is metaphorizing the Torah and the experience of studying Torah as a, a sexual encounter with a, a, a virgin sexual encounter. And that is, so the, the drash goes on and says that it's always like the first time. Everything new is like the, every time you study, it's like the very first time. And the text goes on with the, with the breast metaphor. It's like whenever a child needs sustenance from its mother's breast, there's always a sweet taste. You know, the rabbis, uh, you know, I think are often thought of as dry. Well, actually, they're kind of bold as well. And this is a common metaphor, uh, is an underlying eros of the relationship of the student to the text. And there's any number of examples that, that one could adduce. But this is a thing to know about the rabbis, that there was a kind of um, passionate intensity to that relationship. Now, the female listeners uh, here on this, on this uh, podcast may find that gross and may find that objectifying. Uh, maybe not just the female listeners, maybe uh, lots of people may find that objectifying to, uh, you know, to, to females as subjects and not objects. But I also think it is possible to be touched by the passionate connection that the sages had to their text, which they loved, which they 
had so much delight about that was as if making making uh, love to another human being. Um, our text will go on, and the, the last major midrash, which is a, which is a well-known and very important part of rabbinic culture, is the story of how Moses would teach the people. Moses learned from God, and then he repeated the lesson, and Aaron came in, and then Moses repeated the lesson to Aaron, and then Aaron sat to his side, and then Aaron's sons came in, and then Moses repeated the lesson to Aaron and the sons, and then the, then the next level of sages would come in, and Moses repeated that to Aaron and the sons and the sages, and then Moses sat to the side, and then Aaron repeated it to the, to the people, and everybody got to say it four times, and hear it four times, and that becomes uh, a rabbinic rule of thumb. You want to learn something, you got to teach it four times, you got to study it four times, everything always requires uh, diligent repetition and a humble attitude. Thanks very much for learning with me, and I look forward to studying again with you tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.